This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, welcome in and get ready for the wild card weekend of the playoffs as the Buccaneers have now completed the 2022 regular season and will now take on the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night football of the wild card weekend. We are ready to go over everything that happened in Atlanta to conclude the regular season and then spend some time looking ahead to the third ever playoff meeting with Dallas. The first two didn't go so well. We're hoping that the 2022 season, the 2023 postseason playoff game with the Cowboys goes much better. More on that in a few moments. Thank you for finding me. Uh, However you've done so on the Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com, wherever you get podcasts, it is nothing but Bucks. We're in here recapping after each and every game, typically on Monday, obviously after the Sunday games. Now next week, We'll obviously be here after the Monday night game on Tuesday. Hopefully you've been with us uh, for a while, if not throughout this season. If If this is the first time that you're finding us, thank you for doing so here on Nothing But Bucks. And I'm anxious to go over everything that happened uh, yesterday in Atlanta, uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I will tell you up front, we're not going to have a lot of highlights and spend a lot of time on a game that ultimately doesn't count and doesn't matter. It had no bearing whatsoever on the postseason. It's not a a matter of importance in terms of the Buccaneers other than just get out of that game healthy, get some work done and get out of the game healthy which for the most part the Buccaneers did. So we'll, we'll go over that some here on the program, and then we will talk about the playoff picture and what it all means as we head towards this week and set the table for you on nothing but Bucks. All right, so as I mentioned, Buccaneers already knew that they were division winners having clinched against the Carolina Panthers the previous week, the NFC South, guaranteeing a home game, guaranteeing and locking in the four seed. So this was the first time that the Buccaneers – had, had been in this position, obviously, with Tom Brady at the helm over these three seasons, and really the first time since going back to the 2007 season and that playoff year, where that year under John Gruden, this is uh, Jeff Garcia at quarterback, Ernest Graham at running back, Derek Brooks is still playing in the middle, Rondé Barber is still in the secondary, Monty Kiffin's defense. That 07 team had locked up the division. And if my recollection is correct, I'd have to double check on this. I don't think the Buccaneers could help their slotting in the wild card. And remember back in 07, there were not three wild card teams. There were only two with the four division winners. And two teams were getting the bye. And the Buccaneers knew we were not we were not going to get the bye because in that case it was a nine and six record. They were not going to get the bye, and the, the slot was already determined. So the best comparison present day is going back 15 years ago where that team on that day had nothing to play for uh, in the final game of that season. So you ended that season and then got ready to play the New York Giants as it turned out in their uh, wild card game where the Giants came here with Eli Manning and Plaxico Burris and Michael Strahan and won that game and then went on to beat the Cowboys, by the way, in Dallas uh, after the Cowboys had had like a 14-win regular season under Barry Switzer. Uh, or not under Barry Switzer, uh, excuse me, under uh, Bill Parcells, I believe. Uh, The Cowboys had had the 14-win season, 
And uh, I just remember doing the shows with Barry Switzer, and he kept talking about your regular season record doesn't mean anything. And Switzer had won the Super Bowl, obviously, after Jimmy Johnson in Dallas. And the expectations were in Dallas. What are you, what are you doing the next year? And, and they got beat. They got beat by the Giants. And the Giants then went and beat Brett Favre and the Packers at Lambeau. And then they knocked off who? Tom Brady and the Patriots to win the Super Bowl and stop the Patriots' 18-0 and season. They had the perfect season all the way into the final game. And so that's the last time that the Buccaneers were really in this position where you couldn't help your playoff seating. Now, obviously, the last two years as the backdrop to this game with the Falcons, you had already clinched the playoffs a year ago. You had already clinched the division a year ago at 12-4 and going into the final game with Carolina at home, division opponent. But you could still be the two seed. And the significance for that a year ago is you wanted the opportunity to host a divisional round playoff game after the wild card weekend. So they went to the extra wild card team where seeds two, three, and four are all playing a wild card game, even the second seed. The only team that got the bye was the one seed. So you wanted to be that two seed. And the Buccaneers had to actually rally again against uh, against Carolina, just like what they did this year. Had to rally in the second half of that game. Tom Brady got Rob Gronkowski his half-million-dollar bonus for his catches, threw a couple of touchdowns to Mike Evans, who was barbecuing the, the Panthers' secondary that day, just like he did last week. And you won that game to go 13-4. and four. So a year ago, you had something to play for. You moved into the second seed. And obviously, you won the game with the Eagles in the wild-card round. So that meant you were at home. Instead of playing in Los Angeles against the Rams, you were at home. So it didn't work out. The Rams won the game. The Rams went on to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium. I'm just paralleling that that's what you had on the line last year. Two years ago in 2020, you had locked up a playoff spot going into the 16th and final game. Remember, not 17 games until last year. So you had beaten Detroit at Detroit. You had gotten to, at that time, 10-5. and You had locked up a playoff spot. But you had not locked up your seed, and the mom- the momentum you had, you had won three in a row, you wanted to continue, and you wanted to lock yourself into the number five seed, win and get the five seed, because you were going to be playing the Washington football team, commanders, former Redskins, and whatever else they have been or will be in the future. Because they had a losing record, they were locked in, just like the Buccaneers are present day, as the division winner, as the number four seed in the NFC. So the, my point is the Bucks had something to play for on that final day. That final game was against the Atlanta Falcons. It was at home, and the Buccaneers ended up winning uh, fairly easily, going away again at Raymond James Stadium, and got to 11 wins, locked in the five seed, and then ended up going into the playoffs. And obviously you know the rest is history, beating the Washington football team, beating the New Orleans Saints, retiring Drew Brees, by the way, beating Aaron Rodgers at the NFC uh, championship game, which, by the way, now that the Packers have missed the playoffs, if if Aaron Rodgers hangs it up, uh, the Buccaneers will have beaten him in the NFC title game. He will have lost last year in the wild card uh, weekend to the Sanford or the divisional round, excuse me, to the San Francisco 49ers. Right, they were the number one seed, and they lost to the 49ers, and now they missed the playoffs. His last three seasons will have been playoff loss to the Bucks in the NFC title game. Lost to the 49ers at home in the divisional playoffs after a bye. And then don't make the playoffs. Well, we'll see if Rodgers plays on or not, but Green Bay is out. More on that in a little bit. So anyway, I, I lay all of that out for you on nothing but bucks, that this game had nothing on it, unlike the previous two years. You, did not, you could not help your playoff seed. Atlanta is already out of it. You know that. It doesn't affect anything else in the wild card race for the Buccaneers to win or lose. 
Same thing with the Falcons. Doesn't affect anything for them or anything else in the NFC playoff picture. So this was essentially an over-glorified preseason game in the regular season where how you choose to approach that with playing with starting players in the first half and how hard you continue to play in the second half is completely up to you. Uh, for example, the now interesting, this is a little different, but the New York Giants had nothing to play for on Sunday. They knew they were locked into the sixth seed of the, of the wild card of the NFC. Now, they knew from a mentality standpoint, if we beat the Eagles, we have a chance to mess it up for the Eagles. And so... Uh, in that case, Brian Dable went ahead and rested his starting quarterback, Daniel Jones, rested Saquon Barkley, rested several defensive and other offensive starters in that game. You can't rest everybody. And the Eagles end up winning, and the, and the Giants uh, played hard and stayed in the game and ran a couple of trick plays, and they were doing some things. But they weren't playing their starters, really, at all. Not their quarterback, not their star running back. Uh, so that's just a parallel because, again, the Giants knew going into that game uh, 4.30 Eastern time, we we can't help ourselves. The only thing we can do is mess it up for the Eagles. Okay, but then the Bucks' case, it's we can't help ourselves, and it doesn't matter for the Atlanta Falcons or anybody else. So you could totally understand, play your starters however, however much you want, and, uh, and then at, at whatever point you let off the gas and don't want to play uh, all your starting players anymore and you've got backups in the game, so be it. For the record, Atlanta left their starters in on both sides of the ball all the way into the fourth quarter. Attempting to win the game. That's what they chose to do. The Buccaneers didn't choose to do that. They chose to get ready for this playoffs thing. You remember the playoffs, right? Those are the fun, That's the fun part of what goes on in the uh, postseason in January. So now we're ready for that. We're anxious for that. But what we do on Nothing But Bucks is we take a look back with highlights, with interviews. You're going to get all of that. Not a ton of highlights here. Not a ton of interviews, but you are going to hear from a couple of the of the players from the game on Sunday. Coach Todd Bowles, Tom Brady, all that's coming. And then I'll set the table for the wild card weekend and the upcoming game with the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football to conclude the wild card weekend. The sixth and final playoff game will be played on Monday night. So let's get into it. Final regular season game, Buccaneers and Panthers at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And again, with a lot of people wondering, yes, Tom Brady was going to play in the game, but how much were he and the starters going to be out there? Now, uh, to be correct, Donovan Smith had already been ruled inactive for this game uh, due to his uh, foot injury that he's still trying to rest and rehab and be ready for the playoffs. Tristan Wirfs was active but never played at right tackle, was only there for an emergency uh, situation. You did have the starting interior of the line, Robert Hainsey, Shaq Mason, Nick Leverett started the game on the interior of the line. But you didn't have Mike Evans starting this game. You didn't have Julio Jones active. You deactivated him on Sunday off the 53. Yes, you had Chris Godwin. Yes, you had Russell Gage. But, I mean, for a lot of the first half of the game, Devin Tompkins was playing wide receiver. And uh, even at times, Brashad Perriman got out there later on in the second quarter at wide receiver, along with Russell Gage. So they were playing backup receivers. Rashad White and Leonard Fournette were active, were in the lineup, played in the first quarter, didn't play after that. Deshaun Vaughn and Gio Bernard, the veteran, took over after that. So the, from the second quarter on, the Buccaneers were basically scaling back who was out there, including Tom Brady. But as this game began, the Buccaneers began with the opening drive, moved the football down the field. Tom Brady able to complete one to Chris Godwin. They got a first down running it with Rashad White. They eventually got down in the red zone, and Tom Brady uh, puts a touchdown on the board. 
an opening drive touchdown right here for the Buccaneers, as Gene called it. Godwin will swing in motion from right to left. Tenth play of the drive. Shotgun snap. Brady throws toward the end zone. It's Kyle Rudolph. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Where have you been, number nine? What a great throw by Brady. And Tom Brady continues to do his thing. He's spotted Kyle Rudolph. They may not have any film on Kyle Rudolph in that Atlanta Falcons <laughs> defensive room. Eight-yard touchdown pass officially to the veteran Rudolph. He's been waiting for that all year. He kept the ball, by the way. He ran right by me on the sideline on Buccaneers Radio. Uh, that is the 96th, 96th, 96th different player on the Patriots and the Buccaneers that Tom Brady's thrown a touchdown to in either the regular season or the postseason. 96 of them. I mean, you start th- thinking about, now granted, uh, when you have played in your career, 23, 24, whatever he's going to play, seasons, and you have seven or eight guys to throw to, it's not the, it's not a different seven or eight guys every year. But still, that's a lot of guys that are, that are coming in and out of a lineup in a season. And 96 of them. So Brady caught that when the Buccaneers lead 7-0 early in the game. Speaking of 96, the Bucs back on defense did have their starters out there against Desmond Ritter, the rookie quarterback out of Cincinnati. Ritter playing the final two games here for the Falcons. Uh, really, I think he played the final four games. Right here with the, uh, the last week he got a win over the Cardinals. This was the final game of the regular season. And Ritter was under pressure against the Buccaneer first-team defense, as you would expect for a lot of the first quarter. So five defensive backs and threaten the blitz. Here comes pressure. Pressure coming at sacked in the backfield. Ritter goes down hard. He's dropped inside the 15-yard line. That's Akeem Hicks. And as I said, speaking of 96s, that's Akeem Hicks able to get that sack. The Buccaneers had Ritter under duress. Falcons were forced to punt a couple times. Finally, they put a drive together and retie the game uh, right here as Ritter shows his dual threat capability with his feet and eventually his arm. Here's the snap. Play action fake Ritter. Looking Ritter under pressure. Rolling to his right. Still rolling to his right. Throws toward the end zone. It's a caught ball. Touchdown Atlanta Falcons. And then Ritter throws his first career touchdown pass. He hit Michael Pruitt a tight end. Mean Gene Deckerhoff with the calls on Buccaneers Radio as the game got retied there 7-7. And then uh, for the Bucs, the starters again were starting to scale back a little bit because Rashad White had gone to the bench at this stage. And Leonard Fournette had come in, I believe, at this stage. Chris Godwin caught a pass and then was stripped uh, of the ball. Atlanta got it back. Atlanta got a field goal uh, that made the game 10-7. And then the Buccaneers got the ball back, put a drive together again with Tom Brady. Um, he got a couple of completions again to Godwin, to Russell Gage. They moved into field goal range, and Ryan Suckup retied the game at 10 uh, with his kick. Suck up again has been uh, tremendous. I know he had a couple of missed kicks, had a blocked kick against Carolina, had a missed extra point. So it was good to see him get some work, got an extra point, got a field goal. And then it was the Buccaneer defense again as the first half unfolded. Some starters still in the game early on in the second quarter and then a bit of a weird play here that the Buccaneers would capitalize on for a turnover. We threaten the blitz. Here it comes. And they, it's a lost ball. It's a fumble by the quarterback. Scooped up by Devin White. He's got a first down inside the 25. The quarterback lost the handle trying to pass. And the Buccaneers have scooped up the turnover. And we're in business deep in Falcon territory. So Desmond Ritter completely lost the ball out of his hand without being hit and just whiffed through an empty hand. And the ball bounces behind him. And as Gene and Dave were calling it there, Devin White picked it up, ran it for a few yards, got the Buccaneers into scoring range. And by the way, speaking of the Buccaneers playing the Dallas Cowboys, 
because I know these things, and I'll shout out to my buddy Paul Stewart from BuckPower.com, the unofficial historian of the team, and his great historical website, BuckPower.com. He's got the highlight of this play from the Buccaneer-Dallas Cowboy playoff game of 1983, the 1982 season, because Danny White, the then Dallas Cowboy quarterback, did the same thing with a whiff, an empty hand, blindside guy coming, and he whiffed. And the blindside guy was Hugh Green. Remember the former first-round pick pass-rushing linebacker uh, for the Buccaneers? Hugh Green caught the ball in midair and raced 60 yards the other way for a touchdown that actually gave the Buccaneers the lead in the second quarter of that playoff game, 7-6. So we'll dig up that highlight, but you can find it on Paul's site on buckpower.com under the Buck Cowboy playoff game. The 82 season, the Buccaneers played the the Cowboys in the playoffs two years in a row, lost 38-0 in the first game with Doug Williams at quarterback. Then lost 30-17 to to Dallas in the second game where Hugh Green had that fumble return. Anyway, back to Sunday. Devin White mirrors that whiffed pass attempt by Ritter by picking up the fumble. He didn't run it in like Hugh Green, but he got it into scoring position. Tom Brady now out of the game and Blaine Gabbert in the game at, uh, at backup quarterback. The veteran uh, who's been around for these three seasons uh, here in Tampa Bay. And Gabbert would go to the air inside the red zone. Shotgun look, Bernard on the left hip, Cameron Brait shifts in motion to the right. Three receivers on that side. Brait, Gabbert throws left side, caught ball. Is he head on? Did he hang on? I think he did. It's a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Russell Gage, a former Falcon, with a great grab. It's officially a three-yard touchdown pass, and we were concerned for Russell Gage getting hit in the back. Uh, you'll hear from him here coming up from our Hooters postgame show coverage. Uh, Gage does make the touchdown catch, though, and the Buccaneers maintain a 17-10 lead at that stage. And Gage has been coming on. You need him to be healthy. He's been coming on as a target for Tom Brady on third down. Another target in the red zone, just somebody else to account for. Atlanta did get a young way field goal, his second one of the first half to make the game 17-13. And this is about it for the highlights, folks. Again, from a game that doesn't mean anything, I, I would rather go over playoff scenarios more, post-game interviews, and look ahead to Dallas. Uh, because, again, the outcome here, the results, it didn't matter. Didn't matter for the Buccaneers. Didn't matter for the Falcons. I, I know there are people who say, oh, you want to have a winning season. Yeah, but at what cost? If you get two or three guys injured, and we're going to talk about that coming up, uh, at what cost for the wild card playoff game? You were winning the game in the first half. So if you want to feel good about yourself, you were winning while the starters were in there for some of the first half. Atlanta came on in the second half, including Desmond Ritter uh, here getting a touchdown later on in this game in the third quarter. Shotgun, look, sidecar right, Zacchaeus in motion, third down goal, Ritter throws toward the end zone. Yeah, wide open receiver, Zacchaeus touchdown, Atlanta Falcons. And the Falcons take the lead with less than a minute to go in the third quarter. Zacchaeus was wide open uh, there uh, on that three-yard touchdown strike, and Atlanta got the lead uh, for the first time in the game there in the uh, in the third period at 20-17. to They go on to put 10 more points on the board. And win the game 30-17, to uh, it should be pointed out, again, they played their starters all the way into the fourth quarter. I'm talking about starting offensive line, starting front seven on the defense with most of their secondary. Uh, I, I, will, I will tell you at field level, I haven't seen the all-22 footage, haven't really delved into the second half of this game really at all. There's not much there. But I can tell you from field level, Atlanta, Atlanta was blitzing two and three guys on every play in the second half. Uh, Arthur Smith's mentality, I'm sure, was self-preservation. I need to win a couple of games at the end of my second season because we were bad a year ago. They were 5-10, and 10, uh, actually uh, 
Yes, uh, 5-10 and ten headed into the final two games. So they did find a way to beat the Cardinals at home last week, who are awful, obviously, and have gone to a fourth-string quarterback now. And I'm sure Arthur Smith's mentality was, I don't want to give Arthur Blank uh, any reason to want to uh, oust me, to get rid of me after two years. I don't want to lose the final game and end up being... Uh, you know, with that loss, it ended up uh, being 6-11. and 11. So they wanted to try to win. They left Ritter in, the young player. You understand that. They left his first-team offensive line in until they beat, built the lead to 30-17. to 17. They're blitzing their starting defense against the Buccaneer backup offensive line that's having to play Nick Leverett at center, that's playing uh, Molchan, the reserve practice squad uh, left guard playing Josh School at at uh, left tackle off the practice squad. I mean, it was a makeshift line. Gio Bernard's the running back. Scotty Miller, Brashad Perriman, and Devin Tompkins are the receivers. And Arthur Smith is dialing up blitz, blitz, blitz over and over and over again. And Dwayne Pease, the defensive coordinator. Whatever. Okay, Atlanta wins the game. The final is 30-17. to One guy that we didn't have in the highlights that made a bunch of plays was Dee Delaney. So on our Hooters postgame show, we came and spoke with him because Delaney in a reserve role at safety with Mike Edwards uh, inactive. Antoine Winfield was out there for some of the first half. Uh, And again, Edwards had to play some in the second half, too. Or actually, I'm sorry, Winfield had to play some in the second half, too. But Delaney played a bunch. Keanu Neal, the veteran, played a bunch. Here was Dee Delaney after the game, after the Falcons ended the regular season and, and talked not only about the final game, but looking ahead to playing the Cowboys as we talked to him on our Hooters postgame show. We had you officially eight tackles in this game. You saw a lot of action. Just tell me about playing in this one, getting the regular season over with, and getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, like you said, we're just getting a regular season over, just getting ready for the playoff. Uh, just trying to do the little thing, fine-tuned on the details, and just come together the team to prepare to make a run. You know, one thing that I think people kind of don't understand is you don't get as much live contact, uh, you know, blocking, tackling, going to the ground in practice. It's valuable to get this in a game, even for a half or three quarters or something like that, right? Yes, sir, definitely, because like you said, we we don't uh, get that in practice, so we have to get in the game. And I mean, like you said, it comes so fast, we got to be able to adjust and play on the, on, on the quick note. Uh, say something about Desmond Ritter, the rookie. That's the first time that you guys had gone against him because he didn't play in the first game. He ends up throwing a couple of touchdown passes. What was it like to go out there against him and the Atlanta offense? Uh, throw pretty good. I mean, he's going to be a good quarterback in the future. I, I know Atlanta's hoping that, and I think he, I mean, I think he did all right for what he had, what he was asked to do. And here's the fun one. Now you go back home and you get ready for the playoffs. We don't know if it's the Cowboys. We don't know if it's the Philadelphia Eagles. What will this be like for you, for the defense and the team to lock back in and get ready to play a wild card playoff game at home, D? Uh, I mean, on defense, you know, we got a standard, so we want to keep the standard, the standard, and just come out ready to play whoever we play. And as a team, we just want to win. You know, make us a run the playoff, make us run the championship. It's all about, D. Thank you. Yes, sir. Again, Atlanta has won this one. And while we have a moment, Russell Gage is standing right here uh, with us, who caught a touchdown in this game. And we will step over here with him as well on the Hooters postgame show. He's trying to get his pads off. We'll give him the opportunity to do that immediately after this game is over with, as the regular season has come to a close and the wild card playoffs are on the horizon. First of all, how are you feeling? We saw you go out of the game. You're feeling all right here immediately after this is over with and the regular season is over with. Yeah, I'm doing all right, man. You know, uh, you know, it's just my back a little bit, but I'm going to go in tomorrow and get it checked out. All right, we hope that you're better on that. You, uh, you were able to make a spectacular touchdown catch. Describe that play all the way back in the first half there from Blaine Gabbard. Yeah, uh, you know, Blaine kind of told me in the huddle, like, man, you know, look forward. 
and uh, it was just a fade route um, in, the, in the end zone. Great throw. You know, he put it where really only I can catch it, and, uh, you know, the rest was just had to make the play. How weird was this? You did play the Falcons earlier this year at home. Now you played them in Atlanta. Was this a little weird here to end the regular season to go against these guys, dress in the visiting locker room, et cetera? Definitely, definitely a different feeling, man, especially being four years. You know, I spent here, uh, never even seen a visiting locker room over here. Then, you know, going out there on the field um, and kind of being on the other side of everything is definitely a different feel, man. But um, still, you know, it's good to come back, you know, and come out here and do what I can, play play football I love this game so regardless of what side I'm on I love it all right and the best question of all you guys get ready for the playoffs we don't know if it's the Cowboys or the Eagles that will be determined later today after we get back tell me about locking back in you may be back on the field as soon as Saturday defend depending on what the NFL decides here just speak more to locking back in and and happily getting ready for a wild card playoff game right I mean locking back in for me it's never locking out man I'm excited about the playoff game my first playoff game coming up um, you know, make sure I'm healthy and stuff for the game, man. I'm excited. You know, I can't wait. Whether it's the Eagles or the Cowboys, I can't wait. And as you also heard, we did talk with Russell Gage, who had three catches, including the touchdown catch. And uh, Russell was going to go get some more treatment on his back. Hopefully he's good to go for Monday night. Again, as I said a little while ago here on the podcast, you want him as another weapon. Julio Jones, again, was inactive. But if you've got Julio ready to go, resting that knee up for the postseason, Gage is better. You've got Godwin healthy. Uh, you've got Mike Evans. I mean, you've got some real weapons with Kate Otten at tight end. Um, the, the backs out of the backfield as weapons like Fournette and Rashad White. Tom Brady's got a lot at his disposal for this upcoming game with the Cowboys. So anyway, 30-17 to 17 ends it. And then uh, head coach Todd Bowles was obviously uh, then made available to us on the Hooters postgame show. And we talked to him not not only about this Falcon game, but about coming off the Falcon game and the mentality. Now, at the time of that interview, the Cowboy game had not been played with Washington and Philadelphia had not played with the Giants. We didn't know who the opponent for sure would be. We thought it would likely be Dallas. So you're going to hear me saying that in the interview. But here, and we didn't even know what day it was going to be. But here was the conversation after the game with the coach. Talk a little bit about this game and then a little more about looking ahead. Let's go for the audience that's just hearing us on the postgame show. Back to what I asked you at halftime. You got the opening drive of the game, drove all the way down the field with Tom Brady and uh, and a mix of starters, and he gets a touchdown. So you got some good work in for the offense, and it results in a touchdown uh, there with Kyle Rudolph in, in the uh, in the opening drive. Yeah, we want to start fast this game. Obviously, we've been starting slow all year. We made it a point to try to get going. Offensively, we got going, went right down the field. Defensively, got off the field. So the start of the game was good for the starters, and that's what we try to get accomplished. You worked the ball a lot to Chris Godwin uh, in this game. He ended up with six more receptions, 58 yards, and a 1,000-yard season off the serious injury that he had a year ago. Just say something about that young man working hard to get back and really overall having a good year. You know, that says a lot about his resolve, you know, his continuance to try and get better every year to try to top himself from the year before. Uh, the road he had to get back was extremely tough uh, due to his diligence and hard work. He got to where he was and he ended up getting back to normal for us and passed beyond our expectations. And, you know, that's why he's a thousand yard receiver. A couple of other guys that stood out, D. Delaney, who we were just talking to, got a lot of playing time. He had eight solo tackles that we saw uh, in the game. We were just talking with him. I know you haven't seen coaches tape, but he was all around the ball today in a reserve role, getting a lot of playing time. You know, he's our Swiss Army knife. It's tough because he has to fill a lot of roles, corner, free safety, strong safety, nickel. Uh, but he was around the ball a lot. I'll check the tape to see what he did. You know, I can see some things that we can get better at, but I know – 
he played a solid all-around game when he was at nickel. I'll see where he was at safety. You did have a couple of injuries in this game. What can you tell us, if anything, about Robert Hainsey, who left in the first half, and then that necessitated that Nick Leverett played center for a lot of this game? We had to juggle some people around. I don't know the severity of it yet, but we'll monitor it and see how it goes this week. And as far as Leverett, he showed some serious versatility and played a lot of the game at center, right? Can you elaborate on that? Well, he's taking snaps all last year. He's taking some this year as well. So for him to have the versatility to move down there, we had a lot of guys that we took out or either went down, and that says a lot about him. And again, two more kind of Ironmen that we kept talking about in the second half of this broadcast are Anthony Nelson and Joe Tryon Shoyanka. You've called upon them because of injury to play a bunch down the stretch, even in this game. Just say something about their effort and still being out there because you basically had a need for them to continue to be out there. The effort and fight was good. You know, having only three backers up and just bringing one in, that was tough. So one of them had to finish the ball game, and they were kind of alternating. But, you know, they just like to play football. So whenever we can use them, we use them. Uh, we would have took them both out had we had enough people to take them out. But they had to play. So that says a lot about their toughness. All right, now the fun part. You're in the playoffs. You're hosting a wild card game. We do not know, as we keep saying this to the Buccaneer fans, at the time that we're doing this on the postgame show, when the game is, the opponent will either be Dallas or Philadelphia. That's still to be determined. What will this be like? Because you may be on the field as soon as Saturday, depending on what the league dictates. You could also play Sunday. You could also play Monday night because there is a Monday night wild card game. Just take us through the next 24, 48 hours as you get ready to play a playoff game at home. Well, really, the next few hours, we've got to wait and see who we're playing, then when we're playing. So that'll dictate a lot of the week, and we'll just sit back. We probably won't know until we get back home, you know, and maybe after that, hopefully. Uh, but we'll monitor that, and we'll see where we need to go as far as our preparation, depending on what day we play. All right, and finally, uh, this is an exciting time. I mean, that's the best part of all of this. Here we go with the postseason, and you get a game at home uh, coming up, just elaborate on that again one more time. This is what you want, and you got a home wild card game coming up. It's big. We've been taking some long distance trips of late, you know, Arizona, San Francisco, Germany, even Pittsburgh and Cleveland. So it's good to have one at home. We look forward to it, Coach. We'll talk to you in the postseason, whenever that is, coming this weekend. Thank you for the time here. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we now know that playoff game will be with the Dallas Cowboys, a rematch of the week one win by the Buccaneers in Big D. Because Dallas absolutely laid an egg against Washington and eliminated themselves. Philadelphia was going to eliminate them anyway from the NFC East uh, division race because they handled the New York Giants. Giants kind of made it interesting at the end, but the, the Eagles had the lead the whole way. So that was going to eliminate the Cowboys from division contention and put them in as a wild card. But the Cowboys were awful. More on that in a little bit. So that's the opponent now, and the Bucks get ready for that <clears throat> coming up. Uh, here as this week unfolds. All right, uh, Tom Brady, again, did not play uh, after the early part of the second quarter. Did play a lot. Played several series. It was more about getting the work in, the plays in, staying sharp. Brady, 13 of 17 for 84 yards. Not a lot of deep pass attempts. Again, makeshift offensive line when he was in there, including Robert Hainsey, as we made reference to, it hurt his hamstring after like the second series of the game. So Nick Leverett was now snapping. You had moved Luke Gedeke, Later in the game, to right uh, tackle in this game, you were using uh, uh, Lu uh, Luke at right tackle. You were using uh, Molchan at uh, at left guard. So you had a patchwork offensive line. He wasn't going to take a lot of deep drops and throw the ball down the field. But the Bucks got some work in. They got some points up on the board, and now they get ready for the playoffs. He didn't know Tom Brady immediately after the game that it was going to be the Dallas Cowboys for sure, much less on Monday night. But here is TB12 post game. 
Tom, you guys had that first drive um, for a touchdown, and I know you, you know, had a big game last week. So do you feel like there's some momentum you can carry these last few weeks with, as an offense into the postseason? Yeah, I think uh, you know every week's going to be a new week for us, and, and um, you know it's always tough to lose. And uh, but we got to put everything we can into this this week. So this is uh, everyone's works hard to get to this point, and now it's uh, there's no more second chances. Oh, it's a big challenge. You know, we got. I think every team's going to be challenged. There's only 14 teams qualify. There's only one that's happy about in the end. So, it's got to fight hard. Got to try to earn it. We've had some, uh, you know, been battle tested. Had some tough games. Some we came back from. Some we haven't. And, um, but like I said, close won't be good enough going forward for anybody. How many part of you going into these playoffs think I'm going to smell the roses just a little bit more just in case I make a decision if this is it? Yeah, I haven't thought about any of that. So I just want to be the best I could be for my teammates every day and show up to work like a professional and come out and play good. Was it the outcome that you wanted, but you managed to break yet another record this year, 490 uh, completions, bested your 485 from last year. Just what can you say about having the opportunity to go out there and, and break new records at 45? I always, you know, just love going out there to compete and love with my teammates and, and um, you know, love competing with those guys. I've got a great group of guys that I go to work with every day. And, um, you know, we try to show up for everybody and be the best we could be. So, um, you know, this is going to be, you know, it's it's these are all team records in my opinion. I've always said that. Just, I don't catch one ball. I think I caught one or two in my career. You tried. That's yeah. right. Well, yeah, that one stunk. I've had a few bad ones that didn't go well at all. And then uh, maybe one or two that went okay. So it's those are hard to come by. How did, did you play about as much as you expected to play today under the circumstances? Uh, you know, I was trying to play as long as I could. I really was. But we just had so many injuries and there were so many people going in and out. And it just got, you know, it's it's tough. You know, you want to give other people opportunities to play. I played a lot this year. So, you know, good to see Blaine go in there and play and throw a touchdown. Good to see Kyle play a little bit. So um, those are all positives. Does the record matter for you? Because you've said it time and time again. You know, it, it you, you you do the best you can in the regular season, but but when the postseason comes, it's a whole new season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's. I mean, it doesn't. I was part of teams that were really good and and didn't make it very far. I've been with teams that were fighting really hard and, and made it a long way. So everything will be determined by what we do from here going forward. Hopefully, we've learned a lot from what's happened over the course of the season. And now we just got to go put our best best foot out there and offensively, defensively, special teams. Got to get a lot of guys healthy and, you know, put our best put our best group out there and see if we can go. Uh, you know, it's, it's really doesn't matter. You know, you don't think about winning anything more than one game. So you can only win one game a week. The team that wins is the one that plays the best that day, not the team that had the best record or the home field. The team that plays best that day is the team that advances. How special is it to be leading your team to the playoffs at age 45 as compared to 25? It's pretty good at 25, too. So 25, 35, 45, it's pretty good to be in the playoffs. You've spoken in the past about the offense's efficiency in the huddle versus scripted. 17 points in the first half, largely under a scripted plan. Can you just talk a little bit about that and how you feel about that going into the playoffs? I, I think however we need to you know, move the ball down the field and score points, I'm cool with fast, slow, run it, throw it, screens, bombs, whatever it takes to, to you know, get the ball in the end zone. So it'll be a 
you know, you're going to play the best teams with the smallest margin of error, and we got to, you know, call our best stuff. You played, what it's like you played, to have you, you played Dallas last year, you, or Philly last year. You played Dallas this year in the opener. Any thoughts about those two teams? You're familiar with both of them. Yeah, very good teams, and uh, both are both are, are very good. I mean, we played uh, Dallas twice. Yeah, I played Dallas twice once last year, once this year. I played Philly twice last year, so so a little familiarity with both of them, and we'll be ready to go. Whoever it is, I'm sure this will be our best week of prep, and you know, got to go out there and play our best. A hundred uh, catches this season and managed to reach a thousand yards after having a, a devastating knee injury, and you yeah. yourself know what it's like coming back from that. What yeah. can you say about what he was able to do this year? Yeah, incredibly difficult, and he's a he's a very tough guy, super resilient. It's not like he's catching passes where he's not getting hit either. I mean, he's in the middle of a lot of bodies a lot of the time, and he just shrugs them off and gets up and does his work and never complains and run game, pass game, screen game, whatever it takes. So that's why he's a champion. You know, he's, he's, he's one of a kind type player. Again, the season ends with a defeat, 30-17 to on the ledger at the hands of the Atlanta Falcons. It does go down as a losing season. It's the first one ever for Tom Brady in his regular season career. But I'm not making excuses here, but the, the one thing I'm going to keep emphasizing is you've made the playoffs. You've won the division. You were 8-8 eight and eight after 16 games. Again, you've had three previous division winners just in this uh, century Actually, going back just the last 10, 12 years to the Seattle Seahawks, the Carolina Panthers, and the Washington football team, all made the playoffs and all did so with winning only seven games. The Buccaneers won eight games in, in, the, in the first 16. The, the last game meant nothing. And, and if they had played the game like it meant something, especially in the second half, they probably win the game. They were winning the game in the first half. The game meant nothing. Who cares? Get out of it. So all, all the talk about, oh, Tom Brady's never had a uh, losing season. Tom Brady's been in the playoffs three years in a row with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The New England Patriots, by the way, are home at 8-9 and nine for the second time in three seasons without Tom Brady. Game over, by the way, on who meant the most to who. Bill Belichick, another losing season in New England, doesn't make the playoffs at the end without Tom Brady. So take the playoffs, and in particular, if you're able to do damage now in the postseason – if you're able to beat the Dallas Cowboys, uh, which we we believe that the Bucs have a great shot to do, I, I want them, you want them, we all want them to, to get the win and go into the divisional round of the playoffs. Is anybody going to remember or care five years from now or ten years from now that Tom Brady had a losing ledger, an eight and nine season? Uh, if you won a playoff game or if you won a couple of playoff games that year, who's going to care? Who is going to ultimately care, depending on how far you go along. Now, if you lose to Dallas, I understand it'll get heightened. Oh, you had a losing season and you lost the first playoff game. It's a waste. That's why the playoffs are fun. That's why these conversations are fun. These debates are fun because you're in the playoffs. You're playing in this wild card game. So I'm interested to see what the Bucs will do. And uh, I know you guys are as well. Again, for the Dallas Cowboys, let's get into that. We now know the game is on Monday night. And again, while, while the league announced that late Sunday after the Packers had been beaten by the Lions, and kudos to Dan Campbell's team, who had a great uh, turnaround this season from being so awful. How about just in this season? They've been awful for several years and been firing coaches, and Campbell comes in and in his second year after a shaky 1-6 and six start. They roar down the back half of the season and win eight of their last ten games and beat the Packers at Lambeau to knock them out of the playoffs and put the Seattle Seahawks into the playoffs. So a team with nothing to play for disrupts the NFC playoff picture and knocks Green Bay out of the wild card round and puts Seattle in as the last team. So we found out all the playoff stuff 
uh, on Sunday night. They waited till the end of the Packer game to announce who's playing what night. We knew it was Buccaneers-Cowboys by the time that Dallas was done laying their egg at FedEx Field and playing a terrible zombie-like game in the first half, especially against the Washington Commanders. So they lost. We knew it was Bucks cowboys We just didn't know, is it going to be Saturday night prime time? Is it going to be Sunday late afternoon or Sunday night? Is it going to be Monday night? Well, it is Monday night football on ESPN. This is the second year in a row in the new television deals that ESPN and ABC have a postseason wildcard game that they will televise. They televised the Rams and the Cardinals a year ago, postseason Monday night. All right, so that's the wildcard game that is coming for Monday. We now know it's an extra day to prepare, to heal up and get ready. The Cowboys, again, I mean, Dak Prescott was awful in this game. Sleepwalking, throwing interceptions. He had only one official interception that was a pick six. He had only one interception, but he had three or four other balls that could have easily been caught and intercepted in this game. 14 of 37 for 128. And Dallas could not run the ball. They stopped trying. Tony Pollard, Dak Prescott in the first half were trying to run it. Again, for a while, it was looking like, hey, maybe the Cowboys can get in the game. And I know they got a touchdown late in the first half and were behind 13-6. to But once Philadelphia got up 16 to nothing, Philadelphia's up like 19-3, to the Cowboys knew the Eagles aren't losing. So you might as well pull your players back, which they did for the fourth quarter of the game. But they look bad. Bad as in bad for a lot of that game. And that bodes well for the Buccaneers. And this is a Dallas team that hasn't looked really good the last month of the season, even though they've won a couple of games. They were not good in the Thursday night game for a lot of it against a bad Titans team. A Titans team that lost its final seven games, that had Joshua Dobbs starting for the first time for Tennessee when he had been on a practice squad of the Lions uh, for this year and, uh, and on another team at the beginning of the year. Dobbs started the game, and the, the Titans that night... Uh, were winning the game in the first half of the game against the Dallas Cowboys before the Cowboys finally got a couple of touchdowns to Dalton Schultz, the tight end, and overcame Tennessee. And that set them up as the five seed for the wild card, locked them in. But you go back to their game with the Eagles. They were shaky against Gardner Gardner Minshew and Philadelphia as a backup quarterback. Had to scratch and claw to win a wild, high-scoring game there. Prescott threw for a lot of yards. You look at the second half in Jacksonville where Prescott threw more interceptions and Jacksonville came back from 17 down and Prescott threw the game losing pick six in overtime. These guys have not been playing stellar football down the stretch of the season. What will that mean for the wild card game? It's all up for debate coming up on Monday night. Uh, I'm just glad the Bucks got it at home, got some work in, and now you need to heal up. Let's find out how hurt Robert Hainsey is. What does that mean at center? Does that mean that Nick Leverett would be the center if Hainsey can't go with the hamstring injury? That's a question for later in the week and the weekend headed to Monday night with the extra day. There'll be a lot of debate about Ryan Jensen, the veteran center, who's back practicing. The Bucks have to make a decision on whether his knee is ready to go. Is he able to go full practice? Do they activate him? They have to activate him off of IR. And the important thing here, Buccaneer fans, is that if you activate him off IR, that means somebody else goes off the active roster. So you've got to be careful with that, too, with that roster spot. And you just don't know. He hasn't played at all. What kind of football shape is he in to stick him in cold in a playoff game? So I don't know. I don't know about what the center situation is as we release this podcast on Monday. We'll get a better idea of it as the week goes on. Maybe Hainsey only tweaked it and is able to play. Maybe it's levered at center. Uh, snapping for this team. I know Molchan has snapped before, but they obviously went to Nick Leverett, uh, who they like, who was also a, a player on the team a year ago. 
uh, to get in there. So you got to have some versatility on the offensive line. The good news is Tristan Wirfs and Donovan Smith expected to play. You'll have most of the offensive line intact that's played through the regular season. Maybe you'll have all of it intact if Robert Hainsey's able to play. Full complement of receivers we anticipate. Julio Jones will be active more than likely for this game. Same thing with, uh, with Russell Gage, we hope, with the back in that situation. Get back uh, Carlton Davis off the shoulder injury. He's been able to rest for the last couple of games uh, down the stretch of the season. Get him back. Get uh, Mike Edwards back in the secondary to go along with Antoine Winfield. Get some of the depth back on this team. And can you get Carl Nassib back? You also played this game, by the way, without Vita Vea resting his calf. Carl Nassib has had a pectoral injury for the last like three or four games. Uh, Jason Light said to us they hope to get him back. So get some guys back healthy. You beat the Cowboys all the way back at the beginning of the year, 19-3, to a game where you did not take advantage of red zone opportunities to score touchdowns or it would have been a lot worse. That game could have very easily been like 30-3, to putting a couple of touchdowns on the board. Uh, they picked off Dak Prescott. Remember, he hurt his thumb at the beginning of the year. Shaq Barrett, who's now injured and gone for the year, hurt Prescott, and he missed, what, five games? Cooper Rush, the backup, won four of those games, and Dallas needed all of them to help them make the playoffs and get into the postseason. So now Prescott and the Cowboys with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott as the two-headed monster, C.D. Lamb, and obviously Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and Trayvon Diggs, they come in. Dallas has constantly been a team that plays tight in the playoffs. There is no doubt about that. And now we will we will see what happens. This is the third ever meeting with the Buccaneers in the postseason. Again, the Cowboys won the only two previous meetings in the early 80s. John McKay, Buccaneers, Doug Williams, uh, Leroy Selman, James Wilder was involved in the second playoff game uh, as well from the 82 season. Doug Williams with three interceptions in the second playoff game that finished 30 to 17. The first, the first of those playoff games was 38-30 after the or 38 to nothing, excuse me, 38 nothing after the 1981 season. Second game was more competitive, but Doug Williams threw three interceptions in that game. Uh, Danny White and uh, Tony Dorsett had a hundred yard game. Danny White to Tony Hill for a touchdown. So we're going back to the early 80s. That's the two times that the Bucks played the Dallas Cowboys in the postseason. Now you fast forward to a home game at Raymond James Stadium coming Monday night again. Uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Lisa Salters will call the game. We'll be on the air on Buccaneers Radio coming up at uh, 7 Eastern time with all the pregame coverage for Bucks and Cowboys for the third time ever in the postseason. Third straight time for Brady and the Bucks in the postseason. Second straight time division winners. That's the first time that's ever happened in franchise history. And it's the first time since a, a four-year run of making the playoffs uh, four years in a row that you've made the playoffs three years in a row. That four-year run was 99-02 to that culminated with the Super Bowl. Here we go. Postseason. Just get into the tournament. What can happen? And the Buccaneers get a home game to start it off. Uh, the other matchups, again, include San Francisco taking on Seattle uh, in one. That's going to be a Saturday playoff game. And the other NFC playoff matchup is Minnesota hosting the Giants. Those two teams just played Christmas Eve uh, with the Vikings winning a thrilling game. They're right back in Minnesota playing again. And obviously Seattle and San Francisco just played on Thursday night football recently. And they're in the same division. Division teams going in the NFC. And Philadelphia gets the week off. And then everything sorts out after the teams win on who plays whom. Uh, We do know this that uh, the the uh, 49ers and the Vikings are set up to host potentially a divisional round playoff game if they win. Philadelphia will be hosting. 
But if the Buccaneers win on the wild card weekend and we get some upsets of uh, of either San Francisco, not likely, the 49ers are rolling, or you get an upset, let's say, uh, of the of uh, of a lesser team like the uh, Seahawks beating the 49ers or the Giants beating the Minnesota Vikings, well, then that team is lower seated than the Bucks if the Buccaneers win, and they will go play the Philadelphia Eagles. So you're kind of pulling for an upset. You want an upset out of the Giants or out of the Seahawks because that'll be the team that goes and plays the Eagles. Buccaneers could end up playing Seattle. Buccaneers could end up hosting a playoff game if there are upsets. Let's see. Will the favorites win? We don't know. I'm just glad that we're talking conversation here and we're talking Buccaneers in the postseason with the Dallas Cowboys. We're excited to bring it all to you on Buccaneers Radio. Stay tuned for this week for all the coverage through the Buccaneers mobile app and Buccaneers.com of the buildup. Again, we're on the air on Buccaneers Radio, 7 p.m. Monday night. Second year they've gone to the wild card Monday night game. Bucks and Cowboys will have massive interest, massive audience. Tom Brady back at home trying to get the Buccaneers into the next round of the playoffs. Dallas has been a perennial playoff underachiever, beating it home last year in the wild card weekend by San Francisco. Cowboys haven't won more than one playoff game since going back to 1996 when they won the Super Bowl. That's the last time the Cowboys won more than one playoff game in a playoff season. So uh, let's see what happens. Come Sunday night when Dak Prescott and company come in here, we know the Bucks have won the last two regular season meetings against the Cowboys. One at home two years ago to open up the season. One this year at AT&T Stadium to open up this year. Will the mojo continue? Let's hope so. My thanks to Jason Berenger helping me out with the highlights and the interviews as always. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. Here we go, folks. The postseason is here. The wild card round is here. This is what you play for. Get there, get your tickets, be loud, be in your seats early, and let's get a playoff win. And let's be talking about it next Tuesday after the Monday night game here on Nothing But Bucks about the divisional round of the playoffs and whom that opponent might be. Bucks and Cowboys are the opponent on the wild card weekend. We will have that for you Monday night. We'll be back to recap all of it. Hopefully talking lots about the divisional round and the rest of the postseason. I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me here as the regular season concludes. On to the playoffs on Nothing But Bucks.